Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There ain't no grave. There ain't no grave. There ain't no nothing, God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. There's nothing that can hold us down, God. There's nothing that can hold us down, God. If you walked out of the grave, we walk out too. Sometimes grave is not that thing you're buried in, like when you die. Sometimes that grave is that hard thing or that thing I don't know or that thing I don't want to do or it might be my rebellion. It might be something like that. But he just spoke and said, I give you the keys. You turn that key. You open that, you open that grave. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there is nothing that can hold us down, nothing that can stop us, nothing, nothing. And I speak to Freedom Ministries, there is nothing that can stop us. There's nothing that can stop us. There is nothing. When we hearken, just like she said, when we hearken to his voice, and we hearken means to pay close attention in order to obey. In order to obey him. I mean, I'm listening with the intention of obeying. That that is my whole thing, is to obey. No matter what it is that he tells us to do. And I know for me, for myself, sometimes that fear, you know, y'all fear, that was my core. That was like a big old thing in there. And that fear will shut everything down where you can't even hear nothing. Because you can set your mind. You can say, I want to do this, God. I'm, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to listen to you. And then, and then that fear kind of shuts you down. You can't hear anything. But we got to get that thing gone in the name of Jesus. Because we're coming into the last days right now, y'all. We are in the last days. And we are moving into an era that we ain't never been in. And we don't know what to do. And we don't know how to do it. So don't none of us know what to do. Except grab a hold of the Holy Ghost and hang on. Follow Him. Do whatever it is He's telling us to do. Listen for His voice. And He will lead us where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you give us ears to hear. You know, the Word talks about there's people who have eyes, but they don't see, and they have ears, but they don't hear. But we're not that. In the name of Jesus, we have ears to hear him. I have eyes to see him. I have a mind, the, the mind of Christ. Amen? Well, this week, first of all, I just want to say thank you all so much for covering, covering me in prayer this week. Thank you. You can really tell a difference when that's happening, you know, like when it's intense. Thank you. 
thank you. What, where would we be without intercessors? We would be in a world of hurt. But while we, I was up here Wednesday in my time of prayer, and and um, was we were praying for the our young adults for our our young adults. The place used to be full of young adults, and we were praying for them. For God to bring them back, those that belong to us to bring them back. And um, I was up here, I kept hearing Nehemiah, Nehemiah. Well, I ain't, you know, I ain't read Nehemiah. Nehemiah is one of them books that you don't normally look at, you know, or I don't anyway. But you know that Nehemiah, the name Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts. Yahweh comforts. Read Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nehemiah. So I start reading Nehemiah. And out of chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord spoke to me. We're praying for our young adults. And Nehemiah 1, verse 9 says, But if you return to me and you keep my commandments and do them. That right there is hearken. That's hearken. If you keep my commandments and you do them. Though some of you were cast out, some translations say scattered. Though some of you were scattered, though some of you were scattered to the farthest parts of heaven, yet I, he says, if you will hearken to me and you will do my commandments, then I will gather them from wherever they are. And bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. That's this place. Then all of a sudden I remembered how God spoke to Apostle and said, I, I write my name on these altars. So this is a place that he has chosen for his name to dwell. And he says, some of you have been scattered. There's some of you who, who are not here any longer. But if you will do what I'm telling you to do, I myself will gather them and I will bring them back to the place that I have chosen for my name to dwell. Hallelujah. That, ex that brought excitement in me. I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I know you're talking about this place. I know you're talking about freedom. That's what you're talking about right there is freedom. Now, God made a covenant. You know, God is a God of covenant. Covenants don't end. Even death does not end a covenant. A covenant is a cutting. Something has to bleed in order for covenant to be made. Jesus Christ bled for our covenant. Amen. He is a covenant God. And he made a covenant with this place right here. He made a covenant with Pastor Eileen. When he said, go build me an army... And teach them how to live in 100% victory 100% of the time. He's telling her what he wants her to do. Right? Okay. Y'all with me? He's a covenant God. Now, he made a covenant with her. I mean, 20-something years ago. Um, I know that there were other people praying for as long as Crossett's been here. People have been praying because God's always got a people. He's always got a remnant that's crying out to him, always. 
And I know, because I know him, that he spoke to them and he covenanted with them. Because he's just that kind of God. Okay? If you're crying out to him, he's going to speak. He's going to speak. He's going to speak. And I keep, ever since we started crying out for our land, for Crossett, praying for us, he keeps reminding me when he spoke to Apostle Angie and said that Crossett is on my map. That's not for no reason. Okay? There's a reason Crossett's on his map. Okay? There's a reason that we are on his map. Y'all know he doesn't do anything that he ain't already finished it, okay? Now, when you look at Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah starts getting a burden for his city because Jerusalem is laying in ruins. The walls are broken down. Jerusalem, Jerusalem is, is, is it's desolate. It's been overtaken. It's been overrun, Okay? He got a burden for his city. That's what we have to get. We have to get that burden for our city. Okay? Apostle spoke to us a couple of years ago, and she said, somebody's got to rise up and take this city. Somebody has to rise up and take it. Because God spoke years ago and said, I've given you the city. I've given it to you. Right? So he gave it to us, and he said, you're going to take it through prayer. That's what he said. That's, that was his word, his word to us. Okay? When you look at these, this chapter here in 8, 1, verse 8, it says, Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are faithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandment and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of heaven, I will, go, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these people are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. He said... Build me an army, a victorious army that can teach others how to do that. Everything that I've taught them to do, they can teach others how to do it. And take the city. I've given you the city. That's his word. That's his word. That's his covenant to freedom. That's his covenant to freedom ministries. Okay? Now, chapter 2, when you look over at chapter 2, he goes in and he starts building the walls back up he's building the walls and this is where they talk about there's a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other hand he's they're building the walls back up that right there is a picture to me of intercession that's intercession that's prayer he's building that hedge about his city he's building a hedge about his city come on come on get with me that's prayer. There's one thing that I saw about intercession, and I, I, I shared it with my home group Wednesday night, that um, Jesus lived on this earth three and a half, 33 and a half years, 
And three and a half years, he worked miracles. Three and a half years, he worked miracles. For 2,000 years since then, he has ever lived to intercede. For three and a half years, he worked miracles. For 2,000 years, he lives to intercede. There's something big about intercession. It's huge. Intercession is huge because God does not move on the face of the earth without people speaking it. People has to speak it. In Isaiah, back, way back then in Isaiah, he says, I'm, I'm looking for an intercessor. Where's an intercessor? I need an intercessor. I can't do nothing till there's an intercessor. I got to have an intercessor. Intercession is vital. It is vital to everything in the kingdom of God. It's vital. God doesn't do anything without an intercessor. And, we, and, and can I just go ahead and add this, that intercession is not a gift. It's not just for a few. It is for every single one of us. We are all called to intercede. We are all called to pray. Thank you, Jesus. But she began to teach us how to live in victory. She began to teach us how to pray. And if you just read this, I'm not going to read the whole, cha- the whole book because that's, that is what I did, was read the whole book. And you can just see how everything kind of lines out. We, they started teaching us how to pray. We started coming in and getting victory over some things in our lives. That's building that hedge up around this city, building that hedge up. People found out about it. They started talking. They started plotting. They started coming against everything. You know how? Come on. Y'all know how it is. Religion hates the real Jesus. Hates the real Jesus. He don't want no part of the real Jesus. He comes in every time to try to stop the real Jesus from coming forth. Every time. Every single time. And, And this ministry is the ministry of Jesus. It's the ministry of Jesus. It's every single part. It's salvation. It's deliverance. It's healing. It's every single part of the ministry of Jesus. It's restoration. My goodness. God tried to bring revival. God tried to bring revival to cross at Arkansas several different times. And they'd say, oh, we got to put them cloths up. We can't be having that stuff all the time. We can't be acting like that. The people started plotting. <laughs> this, is what, this is what Nehemiah is talking about. All these chapters right here, that's what he's talking about, all the way through. He says that, you know, that they started plotting against Nehemiah. They started, they started bearing false witness against him because he was doing the work of God. What's been going on around here? Lies, 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 and more lies against the real Jesus, against the work of the Holy Spirit. Lies and more lies. Amen. But he kept on building. He kept on building. He kept on shoring up. He kept on fixing. He, he built those walls and he put them doors up. And, he, and you know what he did then? He put the praisers and the worshipers in the doorway. In all the gates, he put praisers and worshipers. It's important, y'all. It's very important. In him, in chapter 6, you can see that there was betrayals. 
I mean, it just sounded like us. The whole thing sounded like us. The enemy come and he betrayed and he plotted and he lied and he did all of these things. But we just kept on building, kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on going after God, kept on. Ain't going to let no grave hold us down. Amen. Go over to chapter 9. We'll skip through some of this. But y'all, y'all should read it because it's like, what? Whenever he tried to bring revival several times into Crossit. In uh, chapter 9, verse 16, it says, But they and our fathers acted proudly, and they hardened their necks. And they did not heed your commandment. And they refused to obey. And they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. They weren't mindful of the wonders that he did. But verse 17 says, when you keep on looking down there, it says they refused to obey. They were not mindful of the wonders that you did among them. And they hardened their necks. They said, put up those claws. We can't be acting like this. We can't be having this thing because if I have revival, then I ain't got no life no more. Come on. If revival breaks out, what am I going to do? If revival breaks out, you know, I can't, I just can't just run off to Monroe because I want to. So we can't have that because I want to go on with my life the way it is because I, my life is important. He says they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage, return them to their bondage, and it says right here, But you are God, and you are ready to forgive. Thank you, Jesus, that we have. Crossit has acted like that. We have said no to the move of God several times. We have said, no, I don't want this. We have plotted against the move of God. We have betrayed and 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 bore false witness against the move of the holy ghost against someone who wanted to stand up and have god in this place so we have done that but he is merciful and he says i am always ready to forgive you i know you didn't listen to me and you didn't want what i had but i'm always ready to forgive because i'm going to raise up somebody else I'm going to raise up somebody. I'm going to raise up a remnant. I'm going to raise up some people that are going to want me. Hallelujah. In verse 18, And even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said, This is your God that brought you out of Egypt and worked great provocation. Hmm. Did we ever do that? Have we ever done that? Have we ever made a, a, a molded calf? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some people around here where GP was their God. Or I am my God because by my hand I have wrought these things. Woo! Nebuchadnezzar was, that's dangerous ground. But we make a God out of our own ability. I make a God out of my job. I make a God out of all this stuff. That's, that's making, that's what they're, that's what he's talking about. See, we didn't have to just 
take all of our gold and, and earrings and necklaces and things like that and pour it into a mold and make a golden calf and say, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. They named that thing Yahweh. But we're no different. We're not any different because we put something else in the place of God. I, put some, I look to something else instead of him. Okay? So I'm not any different. So what, what he was showing me is the similarities of all of this and cross it. I was, I was just I was like, oh, my word, that sounds just exactly like what's been going on. Just exactly. But he is always ready to forgive. He's always ready to forgive us. That was chapter 9. And then you look over here at chapter 10. Ooh, look at 938. It says, and because of all of this, all this stuff, he says, we make sure, a sure covenant and we write it. And our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. So he, he's going to God in prayer, and he's like, we can't have this no more. We are building a hedge up around this city. We're building these people up. Come on, y'all. Are y'all with me? He's building the people up. He's building a hedge. There's prayer going out. We're praying for this city. People speak curses on the city all the time, but God spoke and told us that that curse has been reversed, that that curse is no longer. There is no more curse on this land. The, the curse has been reproved in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so then they come together, and he started bringing, he started bringing all the people back to Jerusalem, which is what he said. Okay, all right, we'll get there in a minute. But they start coming back together, and they make a covenant with him. They start making a covenant with him. And they state in, in these chapters what they're doing, what their part of their covenant is. In chapters 10, he names all the people, and then it says the covenant was sealed. And they start naming what they're going to do with the covenant. In verse 35, it says, and um, we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground back so they're saying what they're going to do in the covenant okay are y'all still with me he bring all the people back and they're making a covenant with him we return to your laws and your ordinances your principles we bring our first fruits offerings back to you, God. They repented and they turned back to God. And then chapter 11 um, says the, in the heading up above it, mine, it says the repeopling of freedom. The repeopling. The repeopling. The repeopling. He's bringing all of our peoples back. All those that the Father has given us will come to us. All of those that the Father has given us will come to us. He's repeopling Freedom Ministries. He's repeopling Cross at Arkansas. The people began to come back because they turned back to their God, because they started obeying His commandments, because they were going after Him with everything they had. They're going after Him. I thank God. That we, that we won't just sit here. I don't know exactly what to do all the time. I'm, I don't know. I'm standing up here this morning going, What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do, God? What can I do, God? I didn't hear anything. And then I'm like, 
Am I even connected with you, God? Because I should hear something if I'm connected to you. I just take the mask off. So show me. Show me, God. Show me what's going on inside of me so that this don't happen again. So that I can hear you, so that I know what to do, God. If I'm going to lead your people, i got to know what to do. In chapter 12, chapter 12 is when he, he posted the priest and the Levites all over the walls. From one gate to another, he posted priests and Levites all over the place. And he covered that city with praise and worship. He covered that city with prayer. This is what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now. We're covering this city with prayer. We're speaking the word of God over the city. We've pulled down strongholds. We have dug up. We've plucked up. We have pulled down. We've done, we've done that. Apostle's been saying it's time to plant. It's time to build. It's time to speak the word. You've got to speak the word. We've got to start getting the word of God in this city. And that's what that is. <laughs> We're covering the city with the word of God. With the word of God. And every time, if, we, if someone says something negative and we don't say anything positive, then um, we're coming into agreement with the negative. And the negative, life has been given to the negative. So we have to combat that with the positive. Plus our prayer. Plus, speak in our prayer. We've got business owners in this church. There are business owners in this church right here. And if we speak death over this city, guess what happens to our business owners? So we speak life over this city. We speak life in this ground. We speak life to the businesses. We speak that. We don't speak the curses anymore. Because that curse has been removed, and we have to grab a hold of that thing because CrossFit's on his map, because he placed his name at these altars right here. I can't say what he's done in any other church because I'm not there. I'm here. And he said he put his name on these altars. He said the fire is on these altars. Amen. God don't place his name on an altar if he doesn't have a plan for that altar. Come on, I know the plans that I have for you, and they are good, and they are to give you an expected end. Because y'all know Isaiah 46, 10 says that he declares the end from the beginning. So if he said, he's already said he put his name on these altars, that's because he got a plan for these altars. He's got a work in progress for these altars right here. And we do have to keep the devil off of them. We have to fight to keep him off. In the name of Jesus, he gave it to us, no one else. I'm supposed to be up here walking on this wall with my hammer in this hand and my sword in this hand and watching as I'm working, watching, being a watchman on the wall. Amen? That's what some of us are wondering, what is my call? That's your call. That's your call. And that, my God, Jesus has lived for 2,000 years to do that. Why would I think anything else was, you know, what I needed to do? Oh, my God.
Prayer is amazing because he doesn't move without it. So I have the voice of God. The word says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's why we cry for the prophetic. We want the prophetic in this house. I want the prophetic in this house, God. We got to have the prophetic because that's God's voice right then. What does he want right now? So much of it has been the the future. Mm -mm. No, the word says now that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's right now. Um, he just showed me when you said there's fire on these altars, that at these altars there's healing and there's deliverance, just like when those people, and nothing wrong with that because that's awesome, and God's pouring out his spirit on that baptismal. But at these altars you can have your healing, you can have your deliverance, that anointing to be set free, the anointing to be healed is at these altars the fire of God is here. The fire of God is here. It's here. It's here. Hey, da, 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 da. Here, thank you. Thank you for the fire. Thank you for the fire of God on these altars. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that there is healing in these altars. And if you need healing, just come get your healing. Come get your healing. Because it's right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing us, God. Thank you for healing us, God. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for healing us, God. Thank you that there's healing on these altars, God. That the fire, the fire of God, the fire that burns out everything that doesn't need to be there, that fire is on these altars. Thank you for it, God. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us. Thank you, Jesus. He did speak to us. He did speak the end at the beginning. He said, if you'll hearken to me, if you'll listen to me, if you will follow my commandments, then I'm going to gather all those that left that belong to you and I'm bringing them back. I'm bringing them back. I'm bringing them back because this place is destined for revival. This place is destined for a move of God. This place is destined for revival. It's destined for it. Thank you for it, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go to... Ezekiel 1, I mean 37, 1, I'm sorry, 37, 1. We all know it. It's been quoted in here already a couple of times today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ezekiel 37, 1, he said, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. I want to look at that word valley. That word valley right there is the Dead Sea. 
It is the lowest spot on earth. The lowest place on earth. The Dead Sea. He said he brought me to the lowest place on earth. How many of you have ever been in the lowest place that you've ever been in? Come on. For so many in this town right now, this is the lowest spot because they don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what's fixing to happen. They don't know. God, there's no hope. We're losing everything. No, we're just losing our golden calf. That's all we're losing is our golden calf. We're losing that golden calf. We're, we're losing that idol that we set up before God. That's all we're losing. That thing couldn't do anything for us anyway. But this is what we do. This right here is what we do. He said prophesy. Prophesy to the land. Prophesy to the land. And so we prophesy to Cross at Arkansas. We prophesy to Freedom Ministries. We prophesy. And we say to them, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. So we speak to Cross at Arkansas, and we say, Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, Cross it. Hear the word of the Lord. He is breathing upon you, and you will live. Cross it will live. Cross it will live. He said, I will put sinews on you, and I will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you, and you will live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. That's all this is about. It's so we know that he is the Lord, that that golden calf is not my God. But he is the Lord. He is the one that provides. He is the one that strengthens. He is the one that delivers. He is the one. He's the one that heals. It's him. It's all him. It's not, it's not us. It's not anybody else. It's all him. He says, again, then, then he looked out and those bones started coming together. And he said, prophesy to them again. Prophesy and say, to say, thus says the Lord, O Crosset. Come four winds of breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And that's what we say. Hear the word of the Lord, cross it. Come four winds and breathe upon cross it. Breathe upon our businesses. Breathe upon us, God. Breathe upon our land. Breathe upon our bodies, God. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon our church. Breathe upon us, God. Oh, breath of God, breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathe. Hallelujah. He tells him again to prophesy. Because these bones done stood up on their feet. Come on, they done stood up on their feet. Cross it will stand up on their feet. Cross it will stand up on their feet. Freedom is standing up on their feet. We are standing upon our feet. Thank you for it, God. Thank you, Jesus. He says, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. That grave, ain't no grave going to hold us down. Ain't no grave of offense. Ain't no grave of fear. Ain't no grave of lethargy. Ain't no grave of nothing going to hold us down. Ain't no grave of rebellion going to hold us down. 
because God has spoken and he said, if you will hearken unto me, I will do all these wonderful things for you. Wonderful things. But I have to hear him and I have to obey him. Hallelujah. God's saying to you, have I spoken to you? Have I spoken to any of you? Have I spoken a word to any of you? Have I spoken to you about your job? Have I spoken to you about your city? Have I spoken to you about your church? Have I spoken to you about your kid? Have I spoken to you at the lowest time in your life? Have I spoken to you? Because if I spoke to you, you hang on to that word. And that word will come to pass. Now see, God did speak. He spoke more than 20 years ago. He said, go build me an army. Teach them how to live in victory. Teach them how to teach others to live in victory. I give you this city. Apostle had a dream. And I ain't forgot that dream. Because you know when God speaks to us in dreams, that's the same thing as a covenant. Same thing. He's speaking to me where my mind can't, you know, mess things up. He's speaking to me what he wants to take place. And she had a dream. And in that dream, we were going to heaven. And there was people, a multitude of people behind us that we were taking to heaven. And Jesus and, and Pastor Eileen were standing there, grinning from ear to ear, saying, you did it. You did it. You did it. He declares the end from the beginning. Before the beginning. Get it? He's already told us that we won. He's already told us that we won the city. He's already told us that we took the city with us. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. So I ain't worried about nothing anybody else does. I'm holding on to that because we win, we win the city. He gave it to us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But y'all know the enemy comes for that word. He comes for the word's sake. Remember the parable? He comes for the word's sake. But that's too bad because he loses. As long as I don't give up. As long as I don't just sit down, as long as I don't stop doing what I'm called to do, as long as I don't stop, then we win. We're the only ones that can stop it. We're the only ones. The devil can't do it. He cannot stop our destiny. He is not that powerful. It's right there. And I got to start speaking it. I got to grab a hold of that word. I got to not let go of that word. And I'm not going to let go of the word that he has spoken. We take this city to heaven with us. Thank you, Jesus. We take it. <laughs> yes. Please. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, God. Thank you that you've given us this city. Thank you that you spoke to our pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you give us the city, God. I thank you that we win the entire city, God, that we overthrow the drug abuse. We overthrow the sexual promiscuity. We overthrow it in the name of Jesus. We drive out religion in the name of Jesus. We already destroyed control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.